This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn how operating differently can help you overcome the pressures facing your dealership today at reyrey.com slash operate differently. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, June 14th, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News here in Detroit. And I'm Callan Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, Toyota shareholders give Chairman Akio Toyota a win. The UAW and Clarios reach a new tentative deal in Ohio. And federal safety regulators tell automakers to ignore Massachusetts vehicle data law. Plus, we'll hear from the Vice President of Research for AutoLeave, the world's biggest maker of airbags and seatbelts, about how the company is evolving for a new era. With these new functionalities and, and also the automation, we always have to make sure that the people inside the vehicles are safe. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Toyota shareholders backed the board and voted down the first resolution proposed in 18 years at the company's annual general meeting on Wednesday. The votes were an endorsement of the automaker after it laid out an extensive electric vehicle strategy. The defeated resolution from three European asset managers called for greater disclosure on climate lobbying activity. It was widely expected to fail given the strength of support for management. Investors also backed all 10 board members. People were watching that vote after major U.S. pension funds argued against the election of Akio Toyota as chairman, saying it could blunt board independence. Toyota has said its board meets Tokyo Stock Exchange governance standards. The UAW has reached a new tentative agreement with Clarios at a battery plant near Toledo, Ohio. The supplier makes parts for Ford and GM, about 400 of its UAW workers have been on strike since May 8th. This is the third agreement to go to vote so far. Members voted down the first at the end of April before the strike began. They voted down a second on May 22nd. Members will vote on the new tentative deal on Friday. The big sticking point in talks has been the loss of overtime pay that would come with the new schedule the company wants to implement. Clarios did not immediately respond to a request for comment on overtime pay in the new agreement. UAW Region 2B Director David Green said he wants members to see the agreement before he shares details. General Motors has signaled in a series of recent announcements on plant retoolings that it plans to keep its largest and most profitable combustion trucks and SUVs in production longer than previously expected. Analysts and suppliers think it could be another 10 to 12 years. An analysis from Reuters suggests that could allow the company to reap tens of billions of dollars in additional profit before it shifts completely to zero-emission EVs in 2035. GM in November 2021 said it would switch to an all-electric fleet by 2035 if that's what the market demands. It never said when exactly it would stop producing gasoline-powered trucks and SUVs, though suppliers and analysts expected it would be well before 2035. And U.S. auto safety regulators are telling nearly two dozen major automakers not to comply with the Massachusetts vehicle telematics law. They say it poses significant safety concerns. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration said in a letter to major automakers they must comply with the federal vehicle safety law and not with a state law that requires open remote access to vehicle telematics 
and vehicle-generated data. Because federal conflicts with state law, it therefore preempts the law. NHTSA says it, quote, expects the vehicle manufacturers to fully comply with their federal safety obligations. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, Akio Toyota, elected as chairman. Was that actually ever really in doubt? Not much. Uh, You know, the uh, company has tremendous support. It's still a very valuable and profitable company. But it has faced a lot of criticism from investors and uh, environmentalists alike over its lack of enthusiasm for EVs. Toyota pursues all manner of powertrains. They've really done a lot to reduce carbon output. But what the markets want to see is an all-EV plan, and Toyota has been reluctant to give one. They still aren't setting a date for when they expect to be all-electric, but they've been a lot more enthusiastic about EVs, making plans for new concepts, talking about a 900-mile range with a solid-state battery. So they've given some of the what the market wants, and they got the support back. Toyota's had an interesting week <laughs> coming up. The head of research for AutoLeave joins the show to talk about how vehicle safety technology is changing in the electrification age. That's next on Daily Drive. Economic uncertainty, vehicle affordability, and ever-increasing customer expectations are threatening the profitability and efficiency gains you've made over the last couple of years. You may be finding the strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. You offer online options so customers can begin the buying process remotely, but your salespeople have to rebuild the deal or correct it during the in-store appointment. You ask your advisors to be proactive about calling customers to get work approved, but still wind up with occupied bays and stalled jobs when the customer doesn't answer the phone. Your business office clerks are trying to process deal jackets faster, but funding still takes weeks. The strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. Getting better at outdated and inefficient processes will only get you so far. Let's face it, Netflix isn't a household name because they got really good at mailing DVDs. And nearly half of Apple's revenue comes from the iPhone, not from the computers the company was founded on. These companies evolved as new challenges presented themselves instead of sticking with the status quo. It's time for a mindset shift. It's time to operate differently. Finding new and innovative ways to operate is essential to effectively managing the pressures facing your dealership. Visit rayray.com slash operate differently to get started. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. AutoLeave, the world's biggest supplier of seatbelts and airbags, is working through the return to normal production amid the transition to electric vehicles. It told investors this week that even as it cuts 6,000 jobs, it expects to grow faster than the market at large. As with many companies, it's research and development that drive the innovations that produce that kind of outsized growth. To discuss the company's scientific pursuits, I'm joined today by Cecilia Sunavong, who heads up research at the Swedish company. I reached her at AutoLeave's North American headquarters in Auburn Hills, Michigan. Cecilia Sunavong, welcome to Daily Drive. Thank you very much. AutoLeave just did its Capital Markets Day on Monday this week, uh, projecting growth that exceeds market trends. Cecilia, what is the role of research in driving technological improvements for AutoLeave and its products and ultimately its business? Research within AutoLeave is a strategic function. So we have the long-term perspective and and also very much into the the, um, 
safety trends, of course, the, the technology trends and market trends. And what we really do is that we generate knowledge, of course, and we have a big network of collaborations with academia as well as with policymakers and, and our customers. So uh, what we're really doing is that we identify the, the safety needs, we uh, think about potential safety solutions, and then we're also, uh, I mean, collaborating with authorities on, on how, to, how to update regulation and rating so that we can see the benefit on the larger scale in society. And of course, a lot of us think of AutoLeave as primarily an airbag company, and uh, there's been a, a lot of challenges in that. I mean, it's just, it's a complicated little device, isn't it? Not, it can be, you. it can be. <laughs> <laughs> of course. No, but we have seen, I mean, yes, there has been a lot of talks about airbags, but but I think airbag is also a very great innovation that, that saves lives. So we're all watching very closely the transition to battery-powered autos. Uh, Europe is, of course, farther along than, than we are in the U.S., what kind of safety challenges does electrification present? Do you need to develop new technologies or products for EVs? I think to start with, the electrification is one enabler to really meet the, I mean, the sustainability goals. Where road traffic fatalities is also one of the of the SDGs, the the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, but also, of course, the the climate uh, issue. So, and, and electrification itself, maybe if you just replace the, the uh, internal combustion engine with a battery, is maybe not that big of a difference, but electrification brings other opportunities. You can design your vehicle in a different way. And also that we see more and more electronic content. We have the opportunities of providing more of a riding experience than, than really a, a drive from A to B. So. The point with the electrification is, of course, the, the opportunities for new interiors. And with these new functionalities and, and also the automation, we always have to make sure that the people inside the vehicles are safe. But do airbags need to be different for EVs? Because if maybe if it's a skateboard design with most of the, the weight underneath as opposed to a giant piece of metal in front of the the cabin or do those different designs require different designs of airbags? Potentially, yes. I mean, it's it's really, I think we can say it's, it's back to the basics. I mean, mm. it's the safety of the people inside the cars. It's really depending on your, I mean, never to exceed the biomechanical tolerances of the human. And to some extent, you can also say that we have to make all the, the interactions so that you're also cognitively all right to, to drive if you're driving, for instance. So it's really the human who is the, the, the limitation for, for what we can have in terms of, of forces and such. And I think that depending on the design, we have to uh, develop the, the protections the best we can. So it comes back to the whole system. If you have a, a zero gravity seat, which we already see in the in the Chinese market, then we have to make sure that we can handle the the safety levels in the same way as if you're sitting upright. Even though you're not allowed to use it during a drive today, but reclining the seat results in different biomechanical consequences than if you're upright. And then we need 
different kind of restraint systems than we have today. Autoleave has uh, collaborated with some Chinese car manufacturers. Are they any different to work with or are there any special challenges as Chinese automakers are doing more exporting into Europe? Maybe I can only speak for the research side and, and maybe the, the new technologies. And, and I think it's every customer is different. Every OEM is, is different. And I can say that, that across the board, what we see is the big focus on, on new technology, of course, and, and offering the end customers uh, as much value as possible. And that is, of course, then we have to offer our customer value. And and maybe the speed of development. So I would say focus on new technology and speed of development is, is of course, on the radar for the Chinese OEMs, but that's the same in, in Europe and, and also in the U.S. I was wondering, bigger picture, you know, with the growth in automated driving technologies and even some early stage autonomy, level four autonomy, is there any concern that vehicles will require less equipment to keep people safe inside? Maybe more spent on sensors and computing to avoid crashes rather than, you know, uh, seatbelts and airbags to keep a person safe uh, when there is a crash. I think five years ago, many people said that we would have self-driving cars by now. And obviously, then we were challenged to say that there will be no steering wheels, there will be no airbags, maybe just a very simple seatbelt. So we actually did a study a few years back looking into the theoretical potential of, of fully automated vehicles. And if we consider all road users, that would still not bring us down to zero. Uh, even if we have 100% self-driving vehicles, because you always have pedestrians and cyclists that are very challenging. So even if we consider a higher level of automation, because most OEMs today are, are still in the level two and level two plus, because level three is, is very challenging. So I would rather say that it's more of an opportunity that we can design very good uh, restraint systems, I mean, for real-life safety, if we can use all the sensors that are available now. So we're we are moving into the next generation of restraint systems where you can, where you can use the, the data that, that you get from other sensors to really tune them. So we see more and more that we can address the issue of a diverse population or we can address or a variety of, of crash severities, etc. So I would rather say that they will be needed for a foreseeable future, but they can also be improved uh, thanks to the higher level of automation and the sensors. It's certainly stateside, despite the driver assist systems that have been put in place, we're, seeing, we're not seeing much of a decline in crashes or crash severity. So it seems like, at least in the, in the short term, we still very much need those safety products. I think we need the safety products and, and we also need to think about the safety culture because, uh, as you say, I think that many of the active safety systems are, uh, are absolutely needed. But also when it comes to the autopilot, there, there is a change in, in driving behavior and, and that could also have unintentional consequences. Like you could put your cruise control in, in a speed limit above the allowed speed limit. So I think also with the HMI and communication with the vehicle, you could potentially also improve how you can coach and nudge people into a safer uh, driving behavior. Is there a particular 
strand of the research that you're doing that uh, you find exciting or interesting these days? I mean, speaking of digitalization and, and automation, I think what we see now when we go more and more into the virtual testing. So historically, we have designed and evaluated the protection performance with crash test dummies and also running all of these uh, expensive and, and uh, quite time-consuming uh, crash tests. What we see now is we're moving more and more into the finance element validation and the use of human body models. So a finite element version of a human and, and how we can validate that to represent a, large, a larger part of the population and also increase the robustness. I think that is a very exciting future because I think this is now where we can take the next step in, in actually you know, protecting people better because we can only design our products to be the best with the existing tools. And now we get a, a new tool in the toolbox, which I think can, can take us to the next level. Very interesting. Well, that was great to learn about. Cecilia Sunivong is Vice President of Research at Autoleave. Thank you again for joining me today. Thank you very much. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Abigail Ham for her reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on tech and innovation, UAW strikes, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation about efforts in Washington to force automakers to keep AM radio in new vehicles. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.